Church, how's everybody doing today? How many have high expectations for today? Amen, amen. Well, stand with me this morning. We're going to stand right away. Come on. <laughs> Faith without action is dead. So let's take some action. We're going to get up. We're going to move around this morning. God is so good. He is so faithful. As we were praying this morning, uh, one, it's so good to have Jeremy and Jocelyn and, and Cohen Gall here this morning. We're looking forward to all that they have to share with us, uh, and we know that they're led by the Spirit, and so we've got all the confidence in the world on what he's going to say. But I was reminded this morning that a word over this church is that we will be marked by miracles, that this church will be marked by miracles. In fact, I remember when the Lord told me I was driving on Route 5. You know Route 5 where you go over, I think it's Walnut Creek, and you come down all the way over that bridge and you come up. And it was like as I was coming up out of the valley, the Lord said, this church will be marked by miracles. And then a few months ago, you had a word that said every word that was spoken over this church will come to pass. Every word will come to pass. Now, we've already been marked by miracles, but that provision and harvest, but that doesn't mean that they stop. They will continue. And we come with a high expectation this morning that we will be marked by miracles and that the Spirit of the Lord is here this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to do a call to worship together. We're going to have, we have a couple verses we're going to say together out of Psalm 96. Cole, if you want to bring those up for us. All right, the count of three, let's say this together. Let's add our faith to these scriptures this morning. One, two, three. Give to the Lord, O families of peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Father, we just come before you. Lord, we tremble not in, in fear in a bad sense, but in the fear of the Lord, knowing that separation from you is what actually is the most pain and hurt in this world. And so, Father, we thank you that your presence is here. You are here with us. Your Holy Spirit dwells in us, with us, among us. And so we thank you for your presence this morning. We worship you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Let's worship. This morning, Lord, we lay hold of you, Father, with both hands, hiding nothing, holding nothing back, acknowledging our need before you, Father. We stretch our arms wide. We say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Lord reminded me as we were worshiping again, same sweater. This is only going to highlight how often I wear the same sweater. <laughs> but last time I wore it, I told you I keep this Lego heart in the pocket of this particular sweater always. My son gave it to me. Here, Mama, I made you this heart. And he gave it to me as an outward reminder of his love. And because I received it as such, and I keep it as such, it is that. I could have taken it and said, oh, so sweet. And as soon as he walked away, I could have tossed it in with the Legos and it could have become just another thing that I hurt my foot on in the middle of the night. But because I received it in the spirit with which it was given, it is this reminder of his love. 
this morning, we must lay hold in faith of all that he has given, of all that he has promised. It's not too good to be true. It is the only thing that is true. It is the only thing that we can place our whole world on and not be shaken. In faith and through faith. Thank you, Lord. Lay hold of his love this morning. Thank you, Lord. And as we take communion, communion is this out, it is an outward action. It's, the, it's, a, it's an outward, it is one of the only outward behaviors of a believer. Baptism, holy communion. I had the privilege of praying with someone to receive the Lord about a week ago, and I told her, your only job is in the believing. You go, you read this book, which was the word. You read this book, and you get your eyes on Jesus, and your only, your only task is not, to, is not to be better. Don't think about being better this week or doing better. That will flow out of believing in That's the right. love of Jesus. That's right. Know him. Believe him. The job of the believer is to believe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Before we come up and get our communion elements, I just want to read a portion of Scripture out of 2 Corinthians. It says, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. (laughs) Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, the veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The veil is taken away. And I read something this week. It was out of a devotional. And it was saying the difference between receiving water to drink. And there's a difference in the old days where you had to go outside and you had a pump. You know those pumps that are like in the front yard and the backyard? And you got a pump and you got a pump and you got a pump and you get some water. And every time you need water, you got to go out there and pump. But you see, with Jesus, he is living water. He is eternal springing water for us, for our lives. And there's nothing we have to, we don't have to go outside and pump anymore and strive anymore and try harder anymore in our own strength. Because this is exactly what this says. Now the Lord... The veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Listen to this. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. There is liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is. So we're going to come to the table this morning. And I want us to keep that in our minds. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. For He is the living, flowing water that we need for each day. As you move to the tables, there's two cups, a cracker on the bottom, juice on the top, so you just have to pick up one thing. If you're in the back of these sections, you'll head down the center aisle and get your communion elements and circle back around your seats. If you're in the front here, you can just move 
uh, down these side aisles to receive your elements and then circle back around to your seats and then hold on to your elements because we're going to come back up and take communion together. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a minute in his presence. Bring everything to his feet. Every worry, every care, every challenge, every sin. Release it this morning. The Bible says, For the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty, there is freedom, which means there cannot be bondage, means that chains are broken, means that thing which has held you in fear and anxiety can and will be broken in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, you've reminded us again and again that we are marked by miracles. And what a beautiful, wonderful miracle that this table represents. Your great love for us to lay down your life, to pay the price for every sin in the past, in the present, and in the future. And we thank you for that. And we do this in remembrance of that. But Father, we thank you that your love was so good that you defeated the grave that we too defeat the grave in you. That we too can have freedom and joy and peace everlasting with you forever and ever. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Guys, why don't you stand with me? We're going to continue to worship the Lord. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We glorify you. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. We worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, the altar is open. If you've got any business to do with the Lord, you can come up here. The altar is open. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Bible, the Bible says, let me just read this and you go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A living hope. A living hope. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Nothing will build your faith more than reminding yourself who He is. And when we take communion, I think... I'm reminded of Jesus saying, do this in remembrance of me. So every time I take communion, I stand up here and I close my eyes and I go searching in all the corners of my heart. And I say, oh wait, this situation which I have been walking like it's impossible, let me remind you of who Jesus is. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. In him, with him. And we need to be reminded, do this in remembrance remind ourselves who he is we know him he cannot fail he does not fail he will not leave us nor forsake us he is the unchangeable one grace and mercy unending that's the one that's the one i always have to remind myself unending a source that never runs dry. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Close out this time of worship. I just have the rest of the, a little bit further down in the scripture that I was reading out of 1 Peter. It says this, says, Though now, though you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible. And full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are transforming lives in your presence. That you are moving mightily, that you are working, that you are faithful. And we thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts, in our lives, in every area. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Now, before we dismiss the kids, if everyone could just have a seat, other than Mike and Paul, if you guys want to come up here, we're going to... And Sam, I know you're, you're back there playing drums. If you could come up. Come on up here so everyone can see, especially those online. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come on up, guys. So, yeah. Sam, you coming, brother? <laughs> so today we want to pray over this wonderful, amazing family of God. They have, they're moving on in their journey to the wonderful land of Tennessee, leaving the, the chill of Pennsylvania. But they're going where God has called them to be where God has called them to go. And I just want to make a comment about each of you, if I could, for a minute. Sam, I want to start with you, my friend. 
Yeah, we didn't get to know each other all that well, but God's got big plans for your life, my friend. The plans of God are about as big as your height, my friend. <laughs> and we had that bigger, amen. And we had that meeting in my office, and I know we prayed and we talked about your heart and your dreams. And I can see you going to Bible school, my friend. I can see you doing what God has called you to go do and what he has for you and the plans and purposes on your life. You guys have been connected with this family for years, but God's got big plans for you. Paul, my friend, I call you my pastor as well, although you call me your pastor. And I'll never forget when we went to the VMLI board meeting a couple years back where I really got to begin to know you more. I just had this sense that when we were, I was driving up to New York that I needed you to pray for me and lay hands on me. And the Lord had given me a word about stuff that would happen in our ministry and in our life. And as you began to pray, sir, you literally said word for word what I had written down in my note that he told me on the way up to New York to that meeting. You're an amazing minister. You have a wonderful heart, and the two of us will remember the stories that you've told us up in our office about all the amazing things and journeys that you have seen and what the Lord has done in your life, and I appreciate you, and I love you, my friend. Mike, someone, an encourager to us, an encourager to us. Sunday after Sunday when it seems like it's hard, man, you come down and you be like, what you said was exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted to say. Liz, what you added at the end of that message was exactly what the Spirit wanted to say. And you only, you, you don't know what that means. Or maybe you do know what that means. I think you all do know what that means. What that confirmation means and what that encouragement means. What it does on the inside of us. And Paul, how you confirm God's word. Melody, you, I'm just jumping right ahead. <laughs> This family is a voice of truth. They hear from heaven. Are they perfect? No, they're not. Are we perfect? No, we're not. They hear from heaven. And then they're obedient to walk out as they hear and as they're released to walk out. You know you've got someone in your corner that you can trust when they don't hear from heaven and then smack you upside the head with it. They hear from heaven and they sit on it and they wait to be released. Released. There's a release and they have been so faithful. And Sam, we don't know each other well at all. And I might be totally off, but there's a gentleness in you. Amen. There is a, I mean, I've, I've never even had like a whole conversation with Sam. So there is a gentleness in you. That is the delight of the Lord. He delights in you. And that gentleness, sometimes I think maybe you've despised it. Or I'm, and I'm not saying that as a condemnation, but... Okay, <laughs> there's something in you that thinks, you know, if I, if I wasn't quite this way, I could be stronger. Maybe I could be more. And the Lord says, don't you dare. Don't you dare because I delight in you. That's good. That's good. Okay, sorry, keep going. And Melody. <laughs> I don't think most people realize how many meetings we had down in the basement of the Rose Center with our feet up on the desk just talking about ministry and life and you being an encouragement. And I'll never forget, you saw 
this. You saw this. You saw our ministry and your ministry being forever connected, forever in a partnership, no matter where our physical locations would reside. And I believe that as you guys move to Tennessee, there will be no less of a connection between ECF, Liz and Jason, and the Lavin and Burt family. There will be no, and the Batista family. There will be no separation just because there is distance between us. And we're so happy for you guys and grateful that you guys are taking the next step in your journey. And so we want to pray for them, but if you want to, do you want to share anything before we? <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> You're surprised, aren't you? <laughs> we have loved the 10 years of being here with mm. the congregation, with the family of God. Mm. What we know as we go forward is that the words which we have spoken over you and with you, the words of God, they don't die. They don't stop. They continue to operate. They continue to flourish. They continue to do what it is that they were set forth to do. And the return to God in full fulfillment. God's word is not dead. It's alive. Remember that. The words that you speak are alive when they're God's words. Speak his words. Speak over each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Speak words of encouragement. Speak the word and expect to see things happen and change. We can change the whole world with our words, just as God created the world with his words. Our peace remains with you. We don't take it up because we have loved being here with you and being received by you in the words which we have spoken. So our peace remains with you. So we're never gone because God's word is active. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) Best 10 years of my life. I love you. Well, guys, if you want to stretch your hands out, we're going to pray for this family and release them to do all that God has in store for them. We know that you guys are doing amazing work for the kingdom of God. The curriculums that you guys started, Paul, way back when are being released in the name of Jesus to reach the world with God's word, right? That is your vision statement. That is the mission of VMLI, Victorious Living Ministries International, the organization that they oversee, that this man was a part of founding with his wonderful wife, Mary. And so we are excited to send them off. And I'll tell you, you may not want me to do this, but I brought some oil. Because, Paul, last time you and I had this conversation, just two weeks ago, you're like, just start anointing stuff with oil in Jesus' name. So guess what? We're going to anoint you guys with oil in Jesus' name. Is that going to be all right? (laughs) No hair, nothing. I'll try not to shake this thing as I go by, okay? This is how I work. But you want to pray, and I'll pray, and we'll just go back and forth as the Lord leads, okay? Start with Mr. Sam here. Thank you, Father. 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 In the name of Jesus. Father, we release this man, Father God, with the gentle spirit, Father, that you have to reach this world through his skills and his talents and his giftings, artistically, musically, relationally. Father, I thank you that you have plans and purposes for him. Plans and purposes for him in this next season of his life that you would help him become established 
in this new town. That friends will begin to surround him. That he will not have to strive or work hard to find the next friendship, Lord, but you will bring it to him. And Father, we just thank you for his life. In Jesus' name. Yeah, as he was praying, what I saw was this gentle, this gentle moving a body of water like river. And as it goes around the bend, it's like you're com- you don't see it, but what's coming is like these rapids, white, crested, powerful, dangerous. And the, the water that is in the gentle place doesn't do anything. It just is flowing where it's going. And it's, it's, it's being what it is. And then it comes into a place where there is activity and there is, um, there's rocks and, there's, and the water is always presses forward. It doesn't ever stop. And then it flows back into a gentle place. God has plans and purposes for you. Yes, Lord. Be where you're at. There's no striving. There's no striving. Because you're going you're gonna to get where you're going. Amen. And there's power. There's power. Gentleness is not weakness. Amen. There's power. Thank Amen. you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for Brother Paul. We thank you for his life, for his ministry. Father, we speak health to this body now in Jesus' name. Health and wholeness in the name of Jesus to this heart, to these lungs, to these joints, to this body. Father, his race is not yet finished. He has run a wonderful race, but it's not done yet, Lord. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that as they move and as they transition, he will be a rock and a foundation of this family, Father God. Father, strengthen him. Strengthen him. Father, even be an encouragement to him even now, Father. Father, we thank you for the living word that flows out of him. The living word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. The Lord says rest and retirement are two different things. Mm. Enter the rest, you will never retire. The ministry will never stop flowing. Hallelujah. The ministry will never stop flowing. But there is rest. And again, there is no striving. Amen. 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 Mike, my friend. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for Mike, Father. We thank you for his life for his ministry, for the giftings and talents that you've given him. Father, thank you that you've given him favor in the workplace so that they are able to have a job that he can work remotely and move closer to his family, Father God, and do the things that you've called them to do and become established in the state of Tennessee. Father, I thank you for favor in his job, Lord. I thank you for additional promotion. Father, I thank you for bonuses that he wasn't expecting will begin to flow in Jesus' name. That, Father, we call this new house paid for in Jesus' name. Father, we call it paid for in Jesus' name. Father, you will give him the ability to earn income from the world, Father God, but it's just the flowing of the finances and the prosperity of you coming to him and this family, Father. And we thank you for it. And we thank you for the word of God that's on the inside of him. We thank you, Lord, that this man is a teacher of the word of God, an incredible, amazing, anointed teacher. Father, I just thank you for him in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we just speak right now. We send 
this prophetic, anointed, gifted woman of God out to this world now in Jesus' name. Father, you know the plans and the purposes and the airplanes and the hotels and the travel that you have set before. Father, I just speak favor. I speak, Father, that, the, that things will begin to open and break free in Jesus' name, that the lost will be saved, that the sick will be healed, Father God, and that the anointing of the prophetic will flow from her life, Father God, that you, she will just see amazing miracles after miracle after miracle in this ministry. Father, we release her and we send her to every corner of this earth. And we know that the world is round. But we are just saying that we are sending her out to every corner, to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. And that this home in Tennessee is only going to be the place in which she goes forth from. And we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Jesus' precious name. Father, I thank you for a great harvest. Father, as she has scattered seed, she has watered seed. Mm. Father God, I thank you that this time will not be a time of toil. Mm. This time will not be a time of the sweat of her brow. Mm. But Father, this would be a time of bringing in the harvest of a lifetime of service, a lifetime of hard work, a lifetime of seed sown in faith, Father, that she would see the work of your hand, Father, as the harvest is brought in, there would be great rejoicing. There would be rejoicing, Father. There would be rejoicing. And Father, not like a chicken in the chicken yard, not like scraping around for worms in the chicken yard, but Father, like an eagle soaring high above. Father, that her work in your kingdom and for your kingdom, Father, would be done in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. He is working. If you guys want to follow this wonderful family, you can check them out on VMLI. I know they got, uh, they got Instagram sites, and this man's working hard on YouTube and other stuff. So we love you guys. Love you, too. Okay, I feel like we're supposed to do something now. I don't I know think what. Just, I think we can dismiss to okay. greeting time. All right, we're going to dismiss to greeting time. This is our, your opportunity to just love on each other, encourage one another in the Lord. Um, if this is your first time with us, we're happy to have you. We are always so glad to come into the house of the Lord and worship together uh, with, with all of you. In the seat backs, there is a card. It's a connection card. That is the place to put your prayer requests, your praise reports, your testimonies of God's faithfulness. Um, if you're, this is your first time, you can put your information on there as little or as much information as you want, but it lets us know that you were here, and, um, and we love that. Uh, those connection cards can go in the offering buckets, which are up here on the steps. We do not pass offering buckets at this time. So during the, the break, the, these buckets will be up here. Um, if that's too fast for you, there's also a box to the left of the door that an offering envelope or a connection card can fit in anytime. If you are a kid, an ECF kid, you know the drill, you know where your bags are, um, you can head over to Kid Corner during the break. If you're a guest and have children, uh, toddler through sixth grade, we have some stuff over in Kid Corner for them to help them enjoy the rest of the service. I think that's it. All right, let's greet one another. All right, church family, let's get this party started.
All right, some announcements for your pleasure. Worship and prayer this Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. here in the sanctuary. Um, I think it's a great time. It's a great time. I say I think, right, because I wasn't here. Um, but is it similar? It's similar to how Wednesday nights were flowing for a while, just real flow, prayer. Hmm? It's a soaking time. Not hot tub soaking, but Holy Spirit soaking. All right. Awesome. So that's Wednesdays at 630. I encourage you to come out. It's an awesome time to get quiet. Um, if you have a lot of kids and you need to get away from them and get in prayer and, and worship, this is a great opportunity to do it. Um, so that's Wednesdays at 630 here in the sanctuary. Erie City Mission Soap Drive has been going so well. So thank you guys for participating and supporting. Um, we have lots of bags of soap out there. This is the greatest need the moment. And I, I love that. That's exactly what we wanted to do, um, is find out what is, what is the greatest need and let's be a part of that. So um, this is just a reminder. You can see the soap that they are requesting is up there. It's available at Walmart. You can also give in your offering toward buying the soap for the city mission, and um, that money goes directly toward that. So that's awesome. That's an ongoing kind of uh, drive that we're, we're doing. And then also Kingdom Financial Seminar. You have an opportunity to participate um, in a financial seminar um, with Kingdom Financial. And the sign-ups, like the sign-up sheets, there's one on this back table, and I believe there's one out on the soap table in the lobby. That is on March 27th. It is a Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. So if you have any questions about it, um, you can talk to Pastor Jason because he's the one who set it up and he knows all the things. So see him if you have any questions. And the last thing is the time change. Spring forward, Saturday night. So spring forward. Someone tell me. Does that mean we get an extra hour of sleep? Okay, good. This is the one I like. This is the good one. This is the bad one? You lose, I lose an hour of sleep. This is the one I don't like. I'll be here at 11. You all should come at 10. Okay, so this is the bad one. Thanks, Andy. Okay. Um, either way, either way, switch your clocks on Saturday night so that you're not late for church. But if you're late for church, you'll be in good company because I might be late too. All right. <laughs> That was a trip how fast that turned from you being excited to you being so sad. <laughs> oh, this is the great one. No, it's not the great one. This is the terrible one. Um, and you know, it's the funny thing about kids. They don't, it doesn't apply to them. It doesn't apply to them. So they're just, you know, they're up at the same time no matter what time they think it is uh, during the day. Okay, we're going to uh, pray over our offering I just do want to mention now, so I don't forget, at the end, I'll come back up and we will do a, uh, an offering again. Again, we won't pass the buckets for uh, Reverend Jeremy Gall uh, as well. So just, if I forget to say it for some reason, you're reminded now, and the way to uh, give to his ministry is what you would do is, on the, in the seat backs, there's additional offering envelopes. Uh, you can just write that out and then stick it. There's a box to the left of the door on the way out. If you just slip it in there, uh, we'll make sure we get it and, and collect it. And you can just write in guest speaker or write other and write Jeremy. We're usually pretty good and can figure it out. If not, I think we call you. 
Uh, I think someone calls you to find out exactly what you meant you know, during your giving, but we will track you down if it's not clear. So make it clear on your offering envelope, okay? Okay, uh, scripture I want to read this morning is out of Acts 20, verse 35. It says this, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I tell you what, I have just, I know I kind of, this gift of giving is kind of part of my DNA and who I am, but I'll tell you what, I think each and every one of us, when we're able to give out of the abundance and to give out of just our hearts, because you know the Lord loves a cheerful giver, it just blesses us, the giver, more than the person who's receiving it. And so it's just like, man, why don't we do this more? Amen? We should do this more. I don't mean just giving to the church. I'm talking about of our time and of our prayer, just encouragement. Could we just be givers of encouragement this week? Could we do that this week? Why don't you call somebody this week? I did say call. You can text, I guess. But call someone and just give them an encouragement. Let's be a family, okay? Let's be a church family that calls and encourages one another this week. Amen? Okay, let's pray over the offering. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Father, we thank you that you are, oh, Father, you're so good to us. Every good and perfect gift is from you. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you just, you continue to minister to us. And everything that we have is yours. So we just give these things back to you, Father, that's already yours anyway. We pray that you bless it. And we call this place, this church, this campus debt-free in Jesus' name. And we thank you that you're moving in everyone's finances. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, I have the pleasure to introduce to you today our, I, I can't call you a guest speaker anymore, <clears throat> because you come often enough, a couple times a year, uh, that it's not a guest speaker, but Reverend uh, Jeremy Gall's wonderful wife, Jocelyn, and Cohen is here with us, and your wonderful daughter, who I don't follow, I don't do much on social media, but sometimes my wife will check, and over and over she says, Eden is one of the funniest people that I've ever seen and met in my life. So your daughter is awesome. She's at Rama, yeah. correct? She's at studying at Rama right now, their daughter Eden. Uh, so we just want to give you a warm, eerie Christian fellowship church welcome. Let's give him a hand. <clears throat> Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good to be at ECF, man. We love you guys. Praise God. You have no idea, like our heart is so, he's true, we're not just a guest speaker here. Our heart is so closely knit to this place. It's just, it's amazing. The, uh, I know, just for one thing, on several occasions, Pastor Jason's been my ride to the airport. So he let, kept, let, let me keep his car at his house and drove me. We like to fly out of Erie and just, you know, Man, last a year ago, this week, I believe, was I was here with you guys, and uh, it was right before literally the world changed, you know, and literally, and it, like we we uh, I preached here, then we went had lunch at the house, and he was talking, man, maybe we'll go to two services, and I was like, yeah, I wonder what's gonna happen, <laughs> you know, yeah, I wonder how this is all gonna change everything, and had no idea, you know, and man, that week. I had meetings scheduled several months out, and everything canceled, you know, and, and just the world shut down, as you all remember. Well, from my standpoint, having, you know, meetings to go to and travel and all that, that was shut down. 
our ministry is always at the, at that point it had always been more from uh the income of the ministry it always come more from meetings than like through the mail or you know like outside support like that so <coughs> excuse me everything was shut down so you know we had decisions to make and uh i i right away i said you know i well we I, i'm not going to just not minister we're going to go online and I said, but we're going to do more online. But I said, but I'm not, Jocelyn and I made this, I've never, I don't think I've ever in the past year talked about this publicly, but I said, I'm not going to say nothing wrong with people who do, nothing wrong with it, but this was just me and this is just where I was at. I said, I'm not going to take offerings online. I'm not going to say one word about canceled meetings. I'm not going to say one word about please give because we don't have anything scheduled. I said, this is just me because I'm not going to do it just for financial reasons. I just want to keep ministering and keep preaching the word. I want to keep fulfilling the call, you know. And so we went online, and if you guys have ever watched us for the past year, we never never have taken an offering, never did anything online. But I said all that for one, one point, that in spite of that, people just watched them. People from this church particularly watched, and just a few people... And started giving without saying a word, without saying anything. Said, hey, how do you give to your ministry, you know? And uh, people from other places as well. But I'm just, and the offering that we received here was, was a blessing to us that last Sunday we were here. And then we went through that whole time. And you guys have been, everything that we've done, you're such a part of. I just want you to know that. I've got so many miracle stories from different times that have happened here uh, where God has spoken to people. People just this past year. Uh, somebody called me from here, woke, God woke him up in the middle of the night. I've been thinking about you. And I said, you can't, you don't understand how much that blesses a minister that God's speaking to somebody about him, you know. So I just want to thank you guys. I just want to thank you for being a part of this ministry, for, for partnering with us, for being family and uh, believing God with us and standing with us. And amen. We came through last year, thank God, and just saw things that we never saw before, new open doors and new things happen. And that's been the story of a lot of people in the body of Christ. Isn't that right? And uh, it was kind of weird, actually, for Jocelyn and I, uh, 18 and 19 were much tougher than 20. I mean, just speaking, my, my dad passed early in 2018, and my mom was disabled and needed us to take care of her a lot. And uh, I actually, that hindered more of my time on the road than anything else. And my mom just, you know, she didn't drive and she's remarried now, but I had to take her to all her doctor's appointments and that was an adjustment. 20 was a comeback year for us, you know, <laughs> as strange as that sounds, you know. But thank God, uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I just want you guys to know how much I love you, how much you're a part of everything we do. And Jason said it right. You know, it's not like we're just, this is just another stop on the, on the itinerary, praise God. But you guys are, are part of our ministry in a big way, and I thank you for it. You guys partner with us, the church, on a regular basis, and thank God that, that you don't understand how that works exactly. Like, it, none of it works without senders and without people who give, you know. It, 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 how can they go unless they're sent? And thank God... You're, you're a big part of us going because you've sent us. So we love you guys. Amen. Well, how many have noticed that, like we said, things have gotten a little more challenging in many ways over the past 12, however many months you want to go back, the, the list is getting longer. I don't know scripturally that the kind of things that have gotten worse, certain things, I don't know that they're going to get any better. The Bible talks about in the end times 
that, uh, that things will get worse, and they'll grow worse and worse. Certain things will. But you got to be careful with that. You can't let that get in your head. You know, what does that really mean? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about instructions for the end times. Somebody say amen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, I, I've, I've been starting a lot of my services with this. I might have said this last time I was with you. But this, air, this, this flight that we've been on has been heading towards the end of all time, like all along, right? It's always, I mean, we've always been heading towards that destination. We bought the ticket, the destination, it's been, the whole flight has been end times, but recently it feels like the captain has just got on and announced we are 25 minutes outside our destination. <laughs> Amen. The wheels are coming down, you know, weather in eternity depends on your final destination and where you're connecting, you know, so, but <laughs> it feels like that, right? I mean, it feels like we've all been talking, I mean, I grew up hearing about the end times, right? Anybody grow up in the church? So yeah. But I mean, it feels like the captain has just made the announcement that we are just outside eternity. So uh, get ready. We're about to touch down. Anybody else feel like that? And we could rejoice in that. And you know, growing up in the church, uh, hearing stories about end times. How many saw end times movies when you grew up in the church, right? <laughs> like, all right, let me ask this one. How many this will really guess, right, if you grew up in the church. How many people at some point in your childhood thought that you might have missed the rapture? Raise your hand. Anybody else hand up with my name? <laughs> Pastor, right? Like, you know, it wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, my God, are my parents still here? Did I miss it? You know, been at the grocery store. Can't wait. Where's mom? What happened? Wait. Oh, man, this is it, isn't it? This is it. I knew I messed up, you know. Again, show of hands again. Let's see it. Who had that terrifying fear at some point in their life? Yes, all of us. A lot of us, you know. It'll mess with your head, man. But, you know, it's not supposed to be like that. And, some, and sometimes it, it, this end times thing has such a, I mean, this, time, this age will end. It began and it will end at some point in time. And man, there's so much negative and so much heaviness that came with it that just hung on us, you know, and just like all these images of guillotines and people getting their heads cut off and, you know, the death and the destruction and the bad thing. And yeah, there's, there's things getting bad in the world. Things are going to get worse. But the Bible says that we're in the world and not of the world. And I want to preach from a a felt board classic this morning. And now again, I'm, I'm rolling back to the olden days here. Anybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about a felt board? Raise your hand, <laughs> amen. A felt board classic, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So whatever gets you to Daniel 3, get there. Uh, whether you have to press buttons or unroll a scroll or turn pages, let's all uh, get out stone tablets. Let's go to Daniel 3, or just waiting. They might pop it up on the on the screen. I don't know how it works, but we're going to go to Daniel 3, talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or kids who, when we were growing up, who couldn't say it right, would say, my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. So <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel 3. And I'm not going to read the whole story, but you could just open it up there. But I mean, many of you, it's a famous story, Sunday school story, if you grew up in the church, because it's a great story, man. You've got these three guys, these three Hebrews, and they're living under Nebuchadnezzar's rule, and Nebuchadnezzar passes this law, and he says that they should worship this false idol that he built. And these Israelites said, no way, we serve the one true living God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're not going to do it, we're not going to bow down to, to, the, to this 
statue that you've built to this idol that you've built, we're going to serve God. And they had consequences to it. And they said, no, if you don't bow down, we're going to put you in a fiery furnace. We're going to take your life. This has happened at many, many times throughout history that, that, that the forces of darkness have come up with some kind of system to try to kill people who wanted to worship the one true living God. You realize this is not, this isn't just an ancient thing. It's something that happens to this very day. And it's something that has happened in every age. The devil has found somebody who would try to steal, kill, and destroy and come against God's people. So this is not an unusual thing. And there it is. If you don't bow down and if you don't worship this, this idol, we're going to throw you in the furnace. I want to read a couple, a couple passages from the story, then we'll talk about it. Is I need you glad you came this morning. So it starts off here. I want to read verse 3. And it says, Then the satraps and the perfects and the governors and the counselors and the treasurers, um, judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces were assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Uh, then the herald loudly proclaimed, to you the command is given, O peoples, nations, and men of every language, that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, uh, trigon, uh, psaltery, I guess, yeah, bagpipe. I didn't know they had bagpipes back then. I missed that one. All kinds of music. You are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. Now, now we talked about that with the story, but I want you to catch... Verse 3, when it talks about all these government positions, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces, all I want to say by this is to say this is a big deal. This is not just like some religious persecution from just some, you know, a few people, but we're talking about the whole government system is involved here in saying don't worship God. I've been to countries that are like that right now. I've preached in Vietnam in the underground church where you know we did underground meetings where I taught in a Bible school that met in the back of a bakery and had to slip out. The students came in the alleyway and I came in the front, pretended like I was shopping, you know, and then preached in other places in Vietnam where we had an escape plan, came in under the cover of darkness and waited for the sun to go down, had the taxi drop us off a mile away from the location so we could slither through alleys to get there, you know. There's places like that right now. It's serious. No joke, right? But here it is, the whole government, judges, magistrates, all these people, they're on board. And they're saying, you know, they're saying, nope, you worship the idol. If not, you go in the fiery furnace. And they said, no. They said, no, we're not going to do it. And, of course, we know how the story turns out, that, that, they, that Nebuchadnezzar did not like their answer. Isn't that right? <laughs> you know, And he made the furnace seven times hotter than it usually was. And they heated it up. They tied up these three Hebrews, and they threw them in the furnace, and the guys who were throwing them in the furnace died because the fire was so hot. You remember the story. And even as they approached it, they, the, the people throwing them in lost their lives because the fire was so hot. But then something happened. They, they were in the fire, and they were walking around inside the fire just like I'm walking around here in front of this church, worshiping God, unfazed by the circumstances around them. Are you hearing me? Unfazed by the furnace, unfazed by the heat of the flames. 
And they came out, the Bible tells us, not even smelling like smoke, not even smelling like fire, totally separate from what was going on all around them. Totally separate from what was going on in this like false religion. So, totally separate from what was going on in the government. Totally separate from what was going on in the very real, physical, violent flames that were trying to take their life. Talking about instructions for the end times. Anybody with me here this morning? Amen. The Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Amen. And no matter what happens, no matter what kind of furnace that the devil could dream up, no matter, no matter how hot he can stoke the flames, I want you to know that we can still come out not smelling like smoke. Hallelujah. And no matter how bad it gets, we've got to have, we've got to have a mindset in these last days that we're God's people. Amen. And his word is still true concerning us. And his promises are still true to us. The blessings of Abraham are still ours no matter what kind of furnace is being, is being fanned into flame around us. The promises of God are true. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, what, you know, when I was praying about, I've never preached on this before. Just so you know, when I was praying about you guys, this, I've never preached on end times. Like, never. But I, this was just on my heart for you guys. And there was three things I wanted to share with you. The first thing is this point that I just made. You're in the world and not of the world. Everybody say it. Say, I'm in the world and not of the world. So if things get bad in the world, it doesn't matter because you're in it, but you're not of it. Amen. It's like if you heard some company in Erie went bankrupt and they were laying off everybody, that wouldn't alarm you if you didn't work for the company. Amen. If you heard whatever, GE's leaving Erie. They're going over to China. They're, they're, they're not going to make the locomotives here anymore. They're heading out. That's it. They're done. That would only affect you if you were an employee of GE. If you were part of that system. Are you with me? If you don't work for the company, yeah, you're going to have a heart of compassion for the people who do. You're going to care about it. It's going to matter to you because people matter to you. But yet you're going to be separate from it in some way. Amen talking about things going on in the world praise god talking about the fiery furnace amen we're in the world but not of the world i think sometimes we just got to shut off the news is anybody here with me this morning <laughs> amen we got to shut off the news you understand that it's just designed to get you afraid it's designed to get you uh you know it's designed to get you nervous it's designed to get you worried it's like what it's about they want to motivate you to action through fear or they want to motivate you to some opinion through fear and the bible says fear not amen in these days, we ought to not get caught up in everything that's going on. Thank God, because not all of it's not all, all the news that's been, all the news that's going out there. It's not all of it affects us. Amen. A lot of it is just some company shutting down that you don't work for. Praise God. Is this helping you? So one, we're in the world, but not of the world. Two that these things don't need to affect us. No, Bible says, no one promise to the believer comes from the Old Testament, but it's still true for us today in the New Covenant. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Amen. No weapon formed against us will prosper. You know, my brother, I've shared the stories here many times. I'm not gonna go into them, but he was in Iraq in, in 01, right after the Twin Towers were hit. But there was a word that was given to him right from this story before by his pastor. 
in Cleveland, Ohio, before he left for Iraq, and he called him up for prayer, and the pastor prophesied over him and had a word, and he said, you'll come out of Iraq, and you'll not even smell like smoke. And my brother was in combat. He was, he was in firefights. And you guys heard the story. God saved his life and, and preserved his life. And, you know, he was a sign and a wonder to the other guys in his outfit because they, they you know, in the beginning, they'd make fun of him because he would read Psalm 91 every day and pray before they went out on patrol and they're, you know, out on the roads. And they would tease him when the, when the tour started. And they'd say, oh, God is just an imaginary friend for grownups. And he would say, he would, and then, but they, by the end of the deployment, and, and they saw everything that happened in his life, they would check with him before they went on patrol. And they'd say, Gall, you prayed, right? Or we're good, right? We're good? Yeah, we're good. We were good. All right. They changed the story, you know. <laughs> but that was a word, that pastor had a word over him before he went to Iraq. Now, listen, I, you know, however bad it gets, combat is one of the worst things in this age that you could face, you know, people actively trying to kill you and they have the tools to do it. That's pretty much as bad as it gets, you know, as far as danger is concerned, the level of danger. And the Lord gave him this word, you'll come out not even smelling like smoke. Well, we've got to think beyond like just specific instances, like being in Iraq or whatever the case may be. And we got to realize no matter what happens in this earth, God's plan for you and God's plan for me is that we come out not even smelling like smoke, amen. Hallelujah. That we'd be unaffected by these things that go on around us. Is this too good to be true? Is this just ridiculous? Is this just some kind of you know crazy faith preaching? Or are the promises of God true? Amen. Can we count on God even in the most difficult situation? Can you depend on him when the flames are raging? Amen. Praise God. You know, I talked about uh, just when we started, you know, when, when everything happened in March, when a, lot of people were, a lot of people were contacting me, friends in ministry, and they said, you know, maybe you should look in unemployment. One person said, I'm going, into un- I'm going on unemployment. And another person, you know, and I, ju- I judge no one, but, you know, that's not the point. But I said, I-, I can't do that. I thought Jocelyn and I talked about it. I said, I can't do that because I'm still employed. I'm still working for God. And no matter what happens, if they shut down the meetings, if they shut down everything, he's still God. If he has to rain manna in our backyard, he's able to meet the need. Amen. Whatever has to happen, happens. And thank God. I mean, like I see, you know, we had 2020 was a comeback year. Like we said, glory to God. And uh, doing good and expecting more this year. Point being, no matter what happens in this earth, can you still count on God even when it's bad? When an attack comes, when they start shutting everything down, is he still the God who created the heavens and the earth? Is he still the God who's always come through for his people? Is he still the God that'll come through for you? Amen. So the first thing is that remember this. Remember, we're in this world. We're not of this world. Two, remember that we could come out of this whole thing not smelling like smoke. That's God's plan for us. Amen. You think about when the Israelites, because stuff will happen. When the Israelites were traveling, not excuse me, not Israelites, when the disciples were traveling with Jesus, and they were, they were out on the boat, and the storm rose up. And Jesus was sleeping, and it was apparently a very violent, bad storm because Peter knew something, at least, about, you know, Peter was a fisherman. He knew something about the weather, and he knew something about the water. He was a professional fisherman. The storm kicked up, 
And he's, they're, we're going to die, they're saying. They're not saying, man, this is a bad storm. We better, you know, batten down the hatches. They're like fearing for their life. And they're, and they're not novices. They're, you know, these are the real, these guys know what's up. And they wake up Jesus and they say, don't you care that we're perishing? We're dying out here. Don't you even care? Doesn't it matter to you? And they wake him up. And Jesus didn't get up and say, you know, you're going to just, 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 uh, you know, tough it out. God has a mysterious plan in all this. You're going to learn from it. Just, just ride it out. You know, God sent the storm. Now Jesus got up and what did he do? He took authority over it. And he said, peace be still. He didn't just accept the circumstances the way they were. He didn't accept the storm the way it was, but he ruled over it, praise God. And these are examples in us. I think that's kind of something that happened. This is what I wanted to get to with this, at least with a lot of us, everything that happens. We come up and we kind of think, ah, it's end times. It's end times as things get bad. And we gotta make sure that that doesn't translate into just a passivity where we just sit back and let it happen. Are you with me this morning? The role, of, you know, you look at Jesus. Jesus didn't just go through life. He didn't just go through and set an example to us and just let things happen to him, his team, or the people around him. Everywhere he went, he brought change. Everywhere he went, he brought life. Everywhere he went, he brought answers. And I want you to know that's what God's will is for us today. So number one was simply, like I said, number one, we're in the world, but not of the world. Remember that, no matter what happens, amen? It might just be something that's happening to a company you don't work for, amen? Number two, uh, no weapon formed against us will prosper. No matter how hot the fiery furnace is, no matter what, no matter what the devil could dream up, no matter what horrible kind of curse, horrible kind of torture, horrible kind of punishment the devil could dream up, God's got an answer, and he's got a way out of it, Amen? If it's seven times hotter than it was last time, God's still a delivering God and he could bring deliverance, praise God. And I'm not thinking of anything in particular this morning. I'm just saying whatever happens, are you with me? Just brace yourself, whatever it is, whatever package it comes in, whatever direction it comes from, whatever comes at you, whatever form the fiery furnace takes, whatever metaphor the, the, the furnace is, is, you know, whatever is for this morning, God's got a way out of it. He's got deliverance for you, amen. And then the third thing is very important. The third thing is this. The third thing is that God wants you to be a light. Everybody say, God wants me to be a light. Or you could say it this way, I am the revival. Everybody say that. Say, I am the revival. One thing that we understand when we talk about end times is that we talk about there's going to be a great move of God in the last days. How many of you believe that? That, it, that the church is not going to go out with a whimper. The church is not going to go out beat down by the world. But the church is going to go out walking in the fullness of what Jesus provided for us more than she ever has. Amen. That's God's plan, that we're not going to go down defeated, but he's going to come back for a church that's strong, and he's going to come back for a church that's walking in what he provided for us, amen. But what I want you to realize is what is the church? The church is people, the church is you and I, and if there's going to be a move of God, it's going to be through you, and it's going to be through me. So everybody say it again, say, I am the revival. When we talk about an end times move of God, that's not somebody else. That's not some other place. That doesn't come from somewhere else, but it comes from inside of you. The Bible says that out of their bellies will flow rivers of living water. Yeah. 
And if God's going to move in Erie, Pennsylvania, it's going to be through you. Come on now, amen? It's always been that way. People like to say, well, you know, I've heard things, different things, you know. In the end times, in this last move, whatever, God's going to just move and no man's going to have anything to do with it. No man's going to, it's never been like that. It's never going to be like that, amen? Because the sovereign God who created the heavens and the earth, he did not set it up that way. In the beginning, he created Adam and Eve. He gave them a garden and he said, you go care for it. And he delegated authority unto them immediately, immediately put them to work to, to work on this earth. And you see this authority throughout. At Mount Carmel, there was Elijah. At the, at the parting of the Red Sea, there was Moses. At the Gate Beautiful, there was Peter. Even Jesus himself came as a man. God came as a man in the body of a man so that God could work and use man's authority here on the earth because he set it up that way. He could have made it different. He could have left it entirely to the angels. He could have left it entirely to the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible would have read totally different. At the Red Sea, it would have been the Holy Spirit. The Israelites would have watched. You, it would have been different. Mo Moses, there wouldn't have been a Moses. There just would have been the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he wouldn't have had to come in the flesh. Are you following me this morning? It could have been something different. He did, he, at least if Jesus came, he wouldn't have had to choose 12 disciples and send them out. He could have just told the people, watch as my Holy Spirit moves and goes out. God didn't do it that way. But he set up another system. A system where man would be the temple that the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of. And he would put words in our mouth and he would flow through our hands and he would use our bodies and he would use our feet and he would move through us. That's how he's wanted it all along, amen. If he wanted to do it without man, he could have done it without man. But he wants to use you. Everybody say he wants to use me. And, you know, there was a statement in this story talking about just kind of, you know, some things will mess with your head. These days, end times could mess with your head, you know. All things are getting bad. I guess it's just supposed to be like that. But you know, no matter what the devil does, we have an obligation as believers to stand against it. Amen. Whatever form darkness takes, we have an we have a obligation to dispel it through the light of the gospel and through the light of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we want to realize this, that yeah, the, the, the last third thing that I thought I had on my heart for you guys was this, that, like I said, you are the revival. I am the revival. You're part of the answer. This end time thing that's gonna happen, the glorious day of the church, it's not somebody else, but it's you. Everybody say, it's me. Amen. Amen. And you've gotta have a certain, like, like the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they, when they were confronted with Nebuchadnezzar, they said, listen, the God that we serve, he is well able to, del he is, he is well able to deliver us, and he will deliver us, they said. He is well able to deliver us, and he will deliver us. Everybody say, he will deliver me. They saw themselves as the kind of people that walk into a fiery furnace and come out. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Do you see yourself as that kind of person? They saw themselves. I think of Peter at the gate, beautiful, where he comes up and he sees that man who hadn't walked, and he says to him, silver and gold have I none, but he said, such as I have, give I thee. Peter knew he had something. Does anybody here this morning know you have something? Amen. That can change the world. And it's always some other category that we, we put people in who walk in the miraculous, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know. 
that they had to be something more than human. They had to be something more than just, you know, we think this way. They had to be something more than just a regular person. No, they were people just like you're a person. Elijah, who had the great miracle on, on Mount Carmel and had this life of miracles. The Bible makes the point that he was a man of like passions, just like you and just like I. He was a person with failures like us. Peter at the gate, beautiful, like I mentioned him, you know. He goes up and he takes this man and he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Before that, he says this, he says, look on us. Man, that's a powerful statement, isn't it? Look on us. Do you realize with everything going on in the world today, you can say that. Everybody say, I can say that. If you're a believer and you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you and there's hell raging and the furnace is flaming all around, you can say, look at me, praise God. I've got answers. I could help you. I could do something about the situation here. And that's what Peter was saying. And if we don't say it, who will? Amen. And you see, the enemy always wants to keep you passive and always wants to keep you, you know, quiet and always wants to make you think you're not qualified and you're not spiritual enough and you're not enough to do this. And you, you can't step out and be bold like that. It's always somebody else and not you. As long as it's somebody else, God doesn't have somebody to work through. Are you hearing me this morning? Somebody at some point in time has to say, look at me, amen. Such as I have, I've got it. Not Smith Wigglesworth, not just John G. Lake, not Jack O, not, not A. A. Allen, not Kenneth E. Hagan. I've got it. Such as I have, give I thee, amen. At some point in time, you've got to put yourself in the driver's seat, praise God. <laughs> and realize what God's placed inside of you. And Peter at the gate beautifully said, such as I have, give I thee. I've got, you say, well, that was Peter. Yeah, let's examine Peter for a minute, <laughs> shall we? Peter, Peter got in the flesh and cut off a guy's ear with a sword, amen. Are you hearing me? I was preaching on that online just this past week. I, I was preaching on it. My brother was watching. He's, a, he's in federal law enforcement. And he says, that's what we call a class two felony. <laughs> and he gave the title, he gave the printout up in the comments, you know. And it was like, you know, it's striking somebody with a weapon with malicious intent to maim or whatever. Felony. In, in 2021, Peter would be a felon talking about oh he was so holy and he was so whatever you know <laughs> peter seemed to lead the way in miracles among the 12 you know i mean he was the one guy that got out of the boat he was the guy at the gate beautiful when dorcas died in the book of acts they sent for peter we need peter get peter but he also seemed to be the guy that led the way in getting in the flesh are you hearing me <laughs> i hope this is helping somebody this morning come on man he cut off a guy's ear you don't know anybody in ministry who's attacked somebody with a sword. Come on now. <laughs> he wasn't some superhuman, like, you know, holier than all the rest of us kind of guy. He's cutting off ears, man. <laughs> Jesus, and you know that 2021, he'd be a felon. Back in Peter's day, he definitely would have been on the cross. Are you hearing me? Because, I mean, they had a guy who was a thief that they crucified next to Jesus, you know. <clears throat> Certainly the guy who's cutting off ears earned his place on a cross. You know, are you with me? Praise God. But see, we always do that, don't we? I sure do that. I've seen, I've seen miracles, but I'll tell you, the, the devil never stops that. Always, you know, you're not, you're not you know, if you're, if you're just a believer, 
then he'll try to tell you, well, you're not in the ministry. You're not a prophet, apostle, evangelist, whatever. And then when you get into ministry, then he'll try, well, you're not Wigglesworth. You're not Kenneth Hagin. You're not, there's always something that's, that you're not. Are you hearing me? But listen, the Bible's always talking about what you are. You are filled with the Holy Ghost. You do have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You are a believer. And signs and wonders follow believers everywhere they go. Amen. And the people that God uses in this day, it's not going to be, oh man, some special visitation and God's not just going to lift you up, you know, out, out, like, like in just some whatever choirs of angels, you know, I don't know, whatever I'm, you know, it's going to be somebody who just identifies, I am who God says I am, I could do what he says I can do. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's given me his name to rule and reign in this life and I've failed and I've missed it, but I'm just going to act like the Bible's true. And I'm just going to step out and help people. Amen. Such as I have, Peter said, give I thee. What right did he have? You say, yeah, he was an apostle. But you know, when, he, when that miracle happened, he didn't point to his apostleship as the reason that miracle happened. He didn't say, yes. You know, when the miracle happened, he said, yes, this man was made whole in the presence of you all because I'm one of the 12, because I'm, I'm one of the apostles of the Lamb, because I'm specially anointed. He didn't even point to the upper room when it happened. He said it was the name and faith in the name that has made this man whole in the presence of you all. And I want you to know that if that's what it was, and it is what it was because the Bible's true, if it was the name and faith in the name that made that man whole, then you could do exactly what Peter did, amen. But at some point in time, when you hear stories like that, you gotta say, that's me, amen, that's me, that's me, I'm like that. Hallelujah, I could believe God like that. I was in college back in the 90s, and uh, I was reading in the book of John, and I came across John 14, 12. Is this helping anybody this morning? And in John 14, 12, and 13, Jesus said, Whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also. And greater works than these, because I go unto the Father. And I just had these thoughts go through my mind. I'm kind of a logical person with these kind of things. And I said, wait a second. Now, if John 3.16 is true, then John 14.12 also has to be true. Amen. If for God so loved the world is true, then when Jesus says, whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also? That has to be just as true. And I was not in the ministry. I didn't think I was called to the ministry. But I saw this scripture and where Jesus said, if you believe in me, whosoever believeth in me. He didn't say whosoever was an evangelist, whosoever was a prophet, whosoever has a visitation with angels in a cave. Are you hearing me this morning? Whosoever, you know, is specially chosen in some supernatural, almost superhuman way. The works that I do, would they do also? He said, whoever believes in me, and I read it that day, and I said, you know what? That's me. I'm a believer. And for once in my life, I put myself in the driver's seat. Are you hearing me? For once I said, that is me. I saw myself as the person who, who, could walk in, who could walk on water, who could do what Jesus did. Why did I see myself like that? Because the Bible said I was that person. In the book of James, it says that, that the reason that people do not do, in the word, do not do the word and act on the word is because they forget what kind of person they are. Not because they're not the right kind of person. Are you hearing me? Get this. I mean, this is another message. I've preached like eight messages this morning. <laughs> Hit on them, you know. But the reason that people do not act on the word is because they forget who they are. Not because they're not the right kind of person, but they forget that they are the right kind of person. Yeah. 
And what's the answer to that? To look in the mirror. And when you look in the mirror, you don't see what you can be. You don't see what's po- what it's possible for you to be. When you look in the mirror for good or bad, you see exactly what you look like. Amen. Well, that's good news when it's the Bible. You can look in the mirror and see exactly who you are. So Peter, he said, I saw it. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, the works that I do, would they do also? And I said, I'm a believer. That's me. He's talking about me here. I'm a believer. And he wasn't talking about carpentry. Amen. (laughs) The works that I do, would they do also? You read the chapter. He's talking about miracles. He said, whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also? And then he said, why? He said, because whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. And I saw it. I said, well, who am I? I'm not, I'm not anything special, but I know this. There's not a sickness or disease that can stand against Jesus. There's not a demon that could stand against Jesus. There's not a force of darkness that can stand against Jesus. And he said, whatever I ask, whatever I ask in his name, that he would do. He'd back it up. He'd back up his name. He'd stand with me. He'd be there. That's exactly what worked for Peter. Peter said it was the name and faith in the name that made this man whole in the presence of you all. Why? Because Jesus backs up his name. And I want you to know something this morning, no matter your age, no matter how young you are, I'm glad we got the young kids in here, no matter how old you are, Jesus will back up his name to you and for you. And you will have to overcome the, th- the thoughts that all of us have to overcome. It's those unrighteous thoughts. I'm not the one. It's somebody else, but it's not me. And I want to try to get you here by the Spirit of God this morning to leave this place saying, it's me. Amen. It's me. I'm the one. Peter was there. That's the only way what happened with Peter was able to happen. Because he had gotten to the place where he could say, look at me such as I have. I've got it. Amen. Everybody say, I got it. That's an old Pentecostal song. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I've got it. I've got it. Praise God. I just heard today, you used to sing with Raymond Singers and band. Huh? That's amazing. I never knew that. Praise God. So I've got it. That's an old Raymond Singers and band song. Something about that Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I've got it. Everybody here say, I've got it. And in these end times, in this hour, of darkness and everything going on in the world, the people of God, we the people of God, you the people of God, we've got to stand up and be like, I'm the person, I'm the one. I can do something about this. I could turn on the light, amen. And that doesn't necessarily mean whatever. It doesn't mean being in full-time ministry. It doesn't mean moving to another country. It doesn't mean maybe standing from a pulpit and preaching. But what I'm talking about this morning, bringing Jesus to people, this is something every believer can do. Bringing Jesus to people and having miracles, amen. Seeing the addicted set free, seeing the sick healed, seeing blind eyes open, you could do that. Seeing the lost saved, seeing somebody tormented by by nightmares and dreams at work, and you say, no, you can be free, you can have peace, you could do that. Amen. And we need to do that. Every one of us. And yeah, you say, but you don't understand. I messed up. Peter messed up. I mean, there might be some felons in here, but I'm sure we're not all felons. Amen. <laughs> you know? I'm making a point. Amen. I'm making a point. He messed up. And then he went on from that glorious moment to deny Jesus three times. <laughs> Amen. 
So he breaks natural law. Then he does something that I don't know anybody in ministry who's that. He denies Jesus, man, sells him, denies him publicly three times. This did not disqualify him to be like the leader of the church throughout the book of Acts. Amen. Why? Maybe his biggest ability was just to look past this stuff and say, well, whatever, Jesus died for my sins. I'm still going to step out here on the water and keep walking with him and believe him to do what he said he would do in my life. It wasn't his his perfect life or flawlessness that produced these results. Are you hearing me? In fact, at the gate, beautiful, he says, it's not my power. We get that one, amen. It's not my power that has made this man whole. Yeah, it's not. That's why we could be bold about it. Amen. We take ourselves out of that part of the equation. He said, it's not by my power. And then he says this, or holiness. Everybody say, or holiness. He saw this. It's not my perfection that made this man whole in the presence of you all. It's not some kind of perfect life, never making a mistake that I lived that made this man whole in the presence of you all. Is this helping anybody? It's not my power or holiness that made this man whole in the presence of you all. Hallelujah. Listen, we need to stop trying to get there and just be there. Just make the decision today. I'm there because Jesus put me there. Because we need this. I mean, this week, man, you know, at your workplace, just be the one. Just be the one. Amen. I'm the one because Jesus said I'm the one. Somebody comes in and said, man, I slept, you know, I slept wrong. I, I slept wrong last night. My neck is killing me. I'm in pain. I can't move it right. That's all right. I can help. I can help you. Can I pray with you? I can help. I could do something about that. Amen. Then tell them about Jesus. Amen. Look on us, Peter said. Man, my family's a wreck. Everything's a mess around. That's, look at me. Look at me. I, I, I got some words that could help you. I could help you out with that. I could pray with you about that. I could do something about that. Is this right? Amen. Now you say, well, what do you mean I could do something? Well, of course, it's Je- like I, I covered. It's Jesus who does it. Amen. But how's Jesus going to get to people if you don't bring him? Amen. He ain't going by himself. Amen. He told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He told us to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. He told us to drive out demons. He didn't stick around to do it, y'all. Amen. <laughs> he sent his spirit to live inside of us. So we can take that Holy Spirit to places. So we can take his name. So we can take who he is. Hallelujah. How many believe in this last day that we're going to see the greatest things that the church has ever seen? Amen. I believe it. I'm telling you, I believe it. I'm not a hypey, you know, just, you know, stir them up for the sake of stirring them up kind of guy. I'm not, man. I'm a results kind of guy. Amen. And I believe that these days, praise God, these days are great days to be alive in. I believe it's a great day to be a follower of Jesus. And you know what? There's something else to be, and I'm about to wrap up here. There's something else to be said of my first closing. No, there's, there's something else to be said about that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, there was only those three in the furnace, but then they saw that fourth man. Amen. And Jesus is that fourth man. Amen. Old Oral Roberts' message, the fourth man, powerful message. When Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire, he saw those three men were with a fourth man. And you think about that. There was a lot of people that were bowing down to worship 
that, were, that would worship the idols and, were, and they were following that false religion. But how many would rather be in the furnace with Jesus, would rather be one of the three, amen? Wherever he is, praise God. If it's only three, if the multitudes and the magistrates and the judges and everybody else out there is bowing down to the idol, that's all right. I'd rather be with Jesus in the furnace walking in the miraculous, amen. But you know, an awesome thing happened. He saw that. He saw Jesus in the miraculous. I mean, he, he, saw, you know, he saw the fourth man and then everything changed. It changed everything. And you see this repeated again and again. Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, the jailer, how, what must I do to be saved in the earthquake that came? As you stand and God shows himself mightily and you stand in the midst of the storm and you stand and just be who God says you are. If things won't turn out for you like they do for other people and people look to you and say, what is it about you? I need what you have, amen. My brother, when he was in Iraq, you know, the Lord protected his life many times and his Muslim interpreter came up to him and said, what, there's something different about you. He was born in Babylon, actually, this Muslim interpreter. And he said, there's something different about you. And my brother said, I pray, he says, I'm a believer. He says, I, I believe in God. And, and this guy said, I, I believe in God. I pray the Quran every day and I've seen nothing like that. And my brother said, I pray Psalm 91 every day. And he led him to the Lord. And that, and that, and that Muslim interpreter called on Jesus' name and he got born again and he became a Christian, Amen which was no small deal, you know. He lives in the States now, actually. He lives in Florida. So praise God. But in this last day, God wants to move, but it's gonna be through you and it's gonna be through me. And it's gonna be through people who just see themselves as qualified because Jesus qualified them. People who see themselves as the kind of person that, that comes out of the furnace not smelling like smoke, you know. You just got to get that. That's what I want you to just get rid of. That thing I want you to just wash out of your mind with the word. That thing that says it's not me. That's for somebody more spiritual than I am. That's for somebody holier than I am. That's for somebody that's got it more together than I do. And just, just shut up in Jesus' name. <laughs> Tell it to stop and say, no, I've got it. Such as I have, give I thee. I'm that person. Hallelujah. If this generation needs a Wigglesworth, I'll be a Wigglesworth. If this generation needs a lake, I'll be a lake. Whatever it is, I've got Jesus, and Jesus trumps all of them. That's enough. Amen. Jesus said, whosoever believeth in me, the works that I do, would they do also? Nobody, you understand that every one, every one of these people, whoever it is, whoever your spiritual hero is, whatever they did for God, they didn't, what they did was just Jesus working through them. And he wants to work through you. And you've never seen the Bible, I'm closing, I promise. You never see the Bible trying to keep you out of the miraculous. It's always inviting you into it. Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. He never put all these categories on it. Well, you know, if you're specially chosen and et cetera, et cetera, and you know, uh, you know uh, page one, page two, article three, then you could expect that the mountain will move. Peter sees Jesus walking on the water, and he says, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. Jesus doesn't say, Peter, stay in the boat. You know, this, this is above your pay grade. This is a lot for you. He says, come on, Peter. Come on out here with me. It's fun out here. And Peter came out, amen. But it, the word's always inviting us into these things. If you'd like prayer for healing today, this Jesus is here, amen. He's here today. Everybody say he's here. And we're going to pray for you. Thank God. Thank God. Jesus is here. All my faith is in him. How about you today? Amen. And we'll believe him to move on people's behalf. 
I was in November. I was in um, Florida, Panama City Beach, Florida. I was attending a conference <clears throat> my mentor was doing, and I wasn't even scheduled to speak, but he asked me to take a, a, a session. He said, right on the spot, <clears throat> excuse me. He said, come on, Jeremy, take this session. And so I did. And uh, he actually told me to take a few minutes and then it stretched into the session. Like, you know, not like we're going to do this morning, but he said, go ahead, keep going. I kept on checking with him and he said, keep going. I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, just tell some stories and then minister to people. This is in November. I wanted to share this story for a reason. So I ministered to everybody in their seats, just like we're going to do today. We're not going to lay hands on people. And this has nothing to do with COVID. If I've been, we've done this here many times over the years and I've done it for years. Came from T.L. Osborne, who had work with large crowds and he couldn't lay hands on everybody so he'd just start praying for them in their seats and so I've done it at different times throughout my entire 17 years of ministry and you just pray for people right where they were. Well, I did this, I was down in Panama City Beach, Florida, prayed for people in their seat, didn't know anything about, you know, then I said, who's got a testimony? This man raised his hand and he was in tears and he said, last night I think I had a heart attack. He said, this morning, I, you know, we were deciding what we should do, me and my wife. They're out of state and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I have all, I had all this pain and all this, all this tightness and et cetera, all, everything going on, all these symptoms. And instantly as you prayed, it all left and I could breathe and all the pain is gone. And, and you know, I, and praise God, God touched me. Amen, amen. That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? And then I, the, the, the beautiful thing about it was this, is that he... After, after, after he gave his testimony, there was another session after mine. And he just held his wife. It was like over a half hour. And he just held his wife and cried for that entire session. Just blessed, you know, to be set free. That, that all that stuff was just broken off of his life. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? Amen. And I said that to say he's here today. That same Jesus is here today. Whatever you have need of. Let your heart go to him today. If you're able to stand, go ahead. If it's, more, if it's more comfortable for you to sit, just remain seated. But if you're able to stand, stand to your feet, everybody in the place. Amen. And I just always like to give an opportunity for people to release their faith and me to add my faith with you. That whatever it is you need today, if it's healing in your body, healing in your back, healing in your eyes, Hallelujah. Mental oppression, things going on, addiction. <clears throat> We've over the years seen people set free from all kinds of things. Several people have like come up to me, prayed for them, and they've come up and, <clears throat> you know, like we've come back to a church months later and they've given me packs of cigarettes or whatever. You know, there were, you know, I had one guy give me a check. This is what I would have spent on, you know, cigarettes normally and this past month or, you know, whatever. Things like that. Thank God Jesus can help. He's got an answer. Amen. A lot of addiction going on in Ohio and Pennsylvania nowadays. Thank God there is an answer. Jesus has an answer. Amen. Sickness and disease. He's still the healer. Anybody believe he's still the healer this morning? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Nothing's too hard for him. Nothing's too difficult for him. Praise God. We're just going to pray for people. And just let your faith go to God this morning. And listen, just be that person. Amen. You are that person. God's made you that person. Be the kind of person that receives healing. Not just get, I'm the kind of person that God's power heals and the symptoms go away and, he, and things are created that need to be created. Things that disappear that need to be, disappear. I'm that person. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm holy enough. I'm chosen enough. I'm righteous enough because he made me that way. I'm, I'm spiritual enough because I'm a spirit, amen. I'm that kind of person. 
who walks in the promises of God, who receives what Jesus died for him to have. That's me, amen. Every time you hear a testimony, say, that's me, that's me, I'm that person, amen. So put yourself in that position this morning. See yourself in that position. And as we pray, we're just gonna agree with you, amen? And I'm just gonna pray a simple prayer, gonna pray in the name of Jesus, command sickness and disease to go in his name. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. And after we do that, I just want you to act your faith. Do what you couldn't do before. Take a deep breath if it was your lungs or just, you know, if it was some, move something you couldn't move. You get the idea. Jesus told the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand. He told the man who couldn't walk, take up your bed and walk. Told the 10 lepers, go show yourself to the priest. That was an act of faith. He said, if there's nothing I could do, I wouldn't know unless I had a test, unless I got a cat scan or whatever, then just to thank God, amen. Just thank him for it and release your faith through thanking God, amen. Hallelujah. Going to take authority over depression too today. We've seen people think, you know, God could help with that. Amen. And the devil just comes and takes advantage of situations. My dad was in Vietnam and, and he dealt with PTSD after the war and the Lord set him free. Amen. And you could, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen in our life and the devil will try to come in and take advantage of it and cause depression and cause fear and cause things and, 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 and use that situation that he caused to affect us. But I want you to know that God could bring peace and he could bring freedom and he could bring deliverance, amen. amen. And this is the kind of things that we're believing for, for God's life-changing power to touch people today, all right? <clears throat> Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for this precious church. I thank you for these people that have come out this morning. And Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he is our savior today, that the arm of the Lord is not short that he cannot save. Father, in Jesus' name, we take authority over every kind of sickness and disease. We take authority over shoulder trouble right now. In Jesus' name, I command shoulders to be loosed and, and restored. In the name of Jesus, be free. Pain, arthritis, torn things, torn uh, whatever, uh, rotator cuffs, be healed, be mended. In Jesus' name, shoulders be whole. In the name of Jesus, backs be healed. In Jesus' name, hearts beat right. Uh, diabetes be right, be made right. In Jesus' name, knees operate properly and behold in the name of Jesus cancer and tumors go in Jesus name in the name of Jesus we speak to every kind of sickness and every kind of disease mental torment and depression you're a lie you do not belong in the people of God go in Jesus name addictions be broken today on the authority of the name of Jesus now let's all thank him together for these things. Whatever it is, just thank him today. Just thank him. Thank you, Lord, for moving in this place. Thank you, Father. Devil, we take authority over you. We command you to take your hands off of God's people. We take authority over all your works, your sickness, your disease, your works. Go in Jesus' name. Your doubts, your fear, go in the name of Jesus. Now just go ahead and do what you couldn't do before. If it was something that you just act your faith, if it just thank God out loud, if it was something you wouldn't know unless you got some kind of test or something, then just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for setting me free. Let's all thank him together. Lift your voices to God. Thank him for moving in this place. Thank you for blessing people. Thank you for necks being loosed and restored and, and, and free in Jesus' name right now, in the name of Jesus, right now in Jesus' name. Every bit. All right, you may be seated. Praise God. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't God good? All right, I did go a little bit longer. Forgive me, I'm about to wrap it up here. 
Who says, just, just says, yeah, God touched me while you prayed. Raise your hand so we all could see it. Just hold it up real high so we could see it. Yes, amen. Anybody else? Yeah, hands all over here. Good, good, good. Amen. Let's thank God for that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Now listen, that Jesus did that. Everybody say Jesus did that. And if you wouldn't know, like if something, I wouldn't know. It only happens, you know, when I do this or I do that or I eat this or I eat that. Just take it by faith. Just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you today in Jesus' name. Thank you that it's done. Amen. And, uh, but know this, what we did here today, I just prayed in the name of Jesus. And, and yeah, I have a ministry to do this for a living, but you know, listen, you, you, and it's, it's a call, a call from God and it's a place in the body of Christ. But listen, every believer is called to bring Jesus to the lost, the hurting, and the suffering. Amen. With miraculous results. Are you hearing me? Because Jesus doesn't have like a watered-down version. Amen. When you pray for somebody in Jesus' name, you bring them Jesus and all that he is. Amen. That's the secret. Amen. It, you bring Jesus. And it, you just... I, I'm. Leave with this, that you're the kind of person that brings Jesus, Bible Jesus, gospel Jesus, to the hurting and the suffering everywhere you go. Amen? We, how does God move? He moves when people move. Amen? Move people move. Amen? All right. Father, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you for the honor of being here. Listen, if you're here this morning and you don't know this Jesus I'm talking about, you saw those hands, people said things changed, you know, that God touched them already in this prayer. If I had time, I could go for hours and tell testimonies. I could tell plenty of testimonies right from this place, of, in this room where healings and miracles have taken place because Jesus is alive. If you don't know him, he wants to know you. I think we're streaming this morning, yeah. And if you're watching, it doesn't matter if you're not in this room. If you're watching at some other time, then right now I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He died for you. But listen, in the family of God, the only way you become a part of that family is if you choose to be. It's not forced on anybody. I've done missions work overseas. We don't go out with guns and knives and tell people accept Jesus or else. We simply give people a choice and let them know that there's an option. There's an option for heaven. There's an option for life. There's an option to be free. There's an option to be healed. There's an option to be delivered. And we encourage people to take it. Amen. I want you to know if you, if you want to become a Christian, I want to pray with you. And accept Jesus as your Savior, I want to pray with you. Let's all pray together in this room, can we? Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. Forgive me of my sins. Make me your child. Wash me clean. I accept you, Jesus. And you accept me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's thank God together for all this, amen. Praise God. Pastor, amen. Whew. Anybody happy you came to church today? Amen. Amazing message, wonderful, so good, so spot on for just even for me, I'm sure for a lot of, you, a lot of us out here uh, today for sure. Uh, we want to... Uh, we're going to close here in just a second. I do, I'll read a benediction, but I just want to remind you guys, if you want to bless uh, the Gall ministry uh, financially, uh, you can fill out an offering envelope, which is in the, you know, in the seat backs in front of you. If you don't have one in front of you, there's extra offering envelopes on that back table. 
uh, right before you go out the door. And then just write special speaker. You can give there or you write other and write Jeremy. We'll see it either way. And there's a box to the left of the door with a little slot on the top. You just slide it in there as you leave and we'll, we'll make sure that uh, their ministry gets it. Uh, but you certainly were a blessing as always. Um, and we look forward to hanging out with you more <laughs> the rest of the afternoon Amen. since you're coming Amen. to our place. So it's great. Uh, okay, I want to end with this, uh, just a benediction out of Second Peter uh, chapter 1. It says, grace and peace be multiplied. Just, let's just receive this this morning. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power. His divine power, just what we talked about this morning, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are moving and working. We thank you for the gall ministry, Lord. I just pray, Father God, you continue to bless and anoint and open doors. Uh, more and more miracles, Father, we prophesy over that ministry. And Father, we thank you for moving and working in our midst. We thank you for these things in your precious name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. You are dismissed. There will be some people up here to pray with you. If you need prayer, I know it's late, but no problem. And we will see you on Wednesday night or next Sunday.